welcome to YukikiCast episode 3. With me, your host, OneTed59, as always, with a special guest today, a legendary member of the SM64 community, real old school in here, we have Quate. How are you doing, Quate? Oh, I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's okay. This only took how many weeks to do? Oh, only how, a few. Only, only a solid few. Like four? Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> been a little busy due to uh, stuff. But in the meantime, how are you doing today? I'm good. I, uh... You know, I'm I'm got I got my hand in a whole bunch of different projects, so I'm kind of trying to balance them all, not in a bad way, in kind of a good way. I just kind of let my, you know, with the current like virus yeah. situation, I'm kind of just letting my mind go wherever it goes. And wait, what know. what situation? What are you talking about? Yeah, you I'm know the familiar. whole the whole. Th- no. I, you might not have heard about it, but there's recent news of a recent outbreak in China. <sighs> you might have seen it in today's newspaper, dated December 18, 2019. I don't know. Dang, it's... I really did wait a while to record this podcast, didn't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is Quate. Quate's a legendary uh, SM64 member, but for those people who aren't really involved very much in the SM64 community, who are you? Why are you on the podcast? What do you do? Yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if if nobody listening to this knew who I was. That that wouldn't offend me. It wouldn't surprise me. I kind of lurk in the background. I've uh, been involved with the community since, I would say, 2007, 2006, somewhere, one of those years. And uh, the interesting thing, I guess, the reason I'm a guest is that I, I never really left. Like, I was here the whole time uh, in various capacities uh, from the beginning to, to the modern day. Um, so I have, I have insight to lend, I guess. I guess you could say. Dang. Yeah, you, you've really been... How long have you been in the community? Like, how many years has it been? Well, I guess since 2007, it would be... I guess that would be something like 13 years. And given that my current age is 23, I was a mere 10-year-old or so at the time. I didn't even get... You know, I had to ask my mom permission to create a YouTube account. So I didn't have a, <laughs> have a YouTube account until 2008. Oh, um, man. So, yeah, I've been around for a while. Yeah, 2008. That's way before me. I think I joined in like what, 2014, way past yeah. your era. Right. Yeah. And the funny thing is that you and I, Ted, do I call you Ted in this? Yeah. Yeah. I can call me Ted. Okay. Uh, we're in the same Facebook uh, group chat. We were back in back in 2000. I guess it was 2015. 2015. You know, I, I we'll go into it, but I kind of divide the eras of Mario 64 into maybe like seven or eight distinct eight, eras. Eight. Yeah, there are a lot of them, and that was maybe two eras ago. Uh, kind of interesting. Dang, you really have been here for a while. That's crazy. Been here for a while. Yeah, seen a lot of seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go through this in order of the eras, I guess. So, yeah. How did you join the SM64 community? What That's what got question. you into it? That's a great question. Um, so. As with all things that happened 13 years ago, my memory's hazy, but what I do remember is I think I was in middle school and I was on Google Videos. And this was in, so before Google Videos went away, I don't know if YouTube existed yet. So this might have been 2003, 2004. I guess it was Jeez. elementary school for sure. It was definitely elementary school now that I think about it because this was really 2004 or 5. Um, I saw a video of the 16 star speed run. And I think it was TAS, but it was, you know, not good because it was TAS in 2004 or whatever. Yeah. Um, of a guy doing a 16-star speedrun. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I was in, like, fourth grade. So I went home. 
I was, you know, because I was watching like on a desktop in the library mm-hmm. at school. Yeah. And I went home and I tried it. And after like four or five days of trying, I mean, kids don't have anything else to do. So I was trying forever. Yeah. Um, I got it. I like managed to do a 16 star speed run, which was amazing. It felt amazing to beat this game because I've been playing this game. Holy shit. The, I guess the, the story starts even earlier. I've been playing this game since I was like three, two or three. Jeez. <laughs> um, I started really young because my brother had all these old video game consoles. Um I would say old because back then it was like SNES, which had come out before yeah. I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, N64 was still not new because the GameCube was about to come out or had just come out, but it was around and my brother yeah. liked N64 games and so I did too. So I played Mario 64 when I was very young. I eventually beat it two or three years later and that was an amazing feeling to get all 120 stars. I would go on websites like this guy, oh, I forget his name, something Waddell or something like that. There was this like Secrets of Mario 64 website and I would go on that sometimes. Okay, so fast forward to back when I watched this video. I tried the 16th star speed run. This was fourth grade. I invited friends over for my birthday party back then. Oh man. I swear to God, I sat them (laughs) down in front of, on my couch in front of my TV and made them watch me do a 16 star speed run and it took you know 25 30 minutes something like that oh, no. i don't i have no idea how they like didn't hate me afterwards but <laughs> 30 it, it minutes was, was actually not that bad of a time it was pretty good yeah i, I was getting pretty good at it i mean like it, you know uh, to be fair it's just do all the stars as fast as you can do about a star a minute and you're pretty good so that's fair um yeah so okay so you mentioned how i got into the community Fast forward a couple years later, I started seeing videos by a guy named Bick Dip on a bus. Uh, he was a funny Let's Player. I was really big into Let's Plays for a while. I i don't exactly recall how I found him, but in any case, he posted videos of the video quiz. And we can go into that. But that was how I ended up joining, is through yeah, we'll his videos, I found the video quiz on Game game FAQs. Uh, some people call it Game Facts. I, for some reason, call it Game FAQs uh, message boards. And that's where the community was at the time. Yeah, like, what, 10, 9 years ago at this point? Even longer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess people probably stopped going on there in 2010 or 11, something like that. Yeah. Dang. So, on to the topic of the next phase, I guess, in SM64's development. Where were, how are you involved in the GameFAQ era of SM64? Yeah. What is your big claim to fame there? Um, I would say the video quiz. So, I guess I'll explain what the video quiz is and how I relate to it. Um... So this was, the video quiz roared from 2005 to, I think it ended, I want to say in 2009, maybe even 2010. Um, So it was big, and it was where the community was. Like, truly, there was no other place. I mean, there was no Discord, obviously. Yeah. There were YouTube videos, but there's no centralized place to speak. Um, Yeah, exactly. There was no standalone forum. YouTube comments, right. Right. So there was discussion there, but it was always between the same people who would have been on the so the message boards really were like where everyone was it was a forum mm-hmm. um so there was this topic there was this video quiz and I'll, I'll i'll define what that was but basically there was a topic and topics were limited to 500 messages so like once you get to 500 posts the topic is closed and you have to make a new one Ouch. so of course it was like by the time i joined it was topic number six or something like Jeez. that um there have been a lot of messages yeah. in there in that point yeah, so the the reason for this is is the structure of of the video quiz. So the video quiz was not it started uh, so this is what I recall is that it started a long time ago with it, it was pictures of 
random places that are hard to get to in Mario 64. Huh. You could imagine, like in Tall, here, here's an example. I don't know if this was used in the video quiz, but here's just something that came to mind. In Tall Tall Mountain, um, you know where there are those two gaps just to the right of the entrance, kind of near the Lonely Mushroom? Um, yeah. One gap has a hole and the other has the like crazy box and the, the circle yeah. of, of coins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use perhaps a bob or something like that to clip behind one of the walls, which doesn't actually just drop you down into nothingness and there's killing a floor you. There? There's, there's a very small floor that extends just behind one of the walls. So someone might take a screenshot or something like that. I guess they would point a camera at the screen and take a picture. Yeah. And, so, and the first person to comment with where, what level that is and where exactly in the level uh, wins the video quiz, you know, wins that question of the video quiz. That's not what the video quiz was. That was like Yeah, that sounds like a trivia video quiz, quiz, basically. Right. It was like a picture quiz or something like that. So this guy, his name is Mr. Roberts Z. Uh, that's M-R underscore Robert S. I don't, I don't know why he's plural. Mm-hmm. Uh, underscore Z. Um, Kimball put the idea of what if instead of a a picture it's a video you take a video of your screen and what if instead of you know you know name where this is first one wins what if it's complete a particular task um so it was this like set of tasks so it would be released perhaps one a week and it went through the levels chronologically so very few people were around for the bob on battlefield days there were some but it was like 15 tasks per level right or 10 or whatever oh jeez and yeah, it was a lot. It went on for a long time. I mean, it was literally two or three months per level, four or five months per level at times, depending on if there are breaks and stuff. Um, and those are the major levels. There were there were at least five tasks per minor level, like the wing cap level and all this. It was crazy. And the tasks got progressively harder. So task one, everyone could do. And task 15, very few people could do. And they were worth points. So uh, wow, it, I could go on and on, but like basically, you accumulate points over time by completing the tasks. There are timed and non-timed tasks. So if you do a non-timed task, then you get a certain amount of points. But if you could do a timed task and you get first, you get a hundred points, and second, you get seventy-five points, stuff like that. Um, so that's what the video quiz was. Wow, that's I don't. How did they come up with that many tasks? Like, there's... <laughs> you know, to be fair. There's a lot to the game, and that's what I love. We can go into the philosophy of how much I love Mario 64, but the beauty of the game is that you really can, you know, if you play the game for long enough, you truly can come up with that many and probably 10 times more interesting tasks. I mean, you know, you run the task competition. I do. It's the the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. instead of being time based, sometimes it's just difficulty based since it's RTA rather than tasks. That's true. so I could ask you the same question, right? How do you come up with task competition tasks? And it, it, it it's just because the game is interesting inherently. Yeah, the movement. I I love the movement in SM64 so much. It's, There's it's so amazing. much you can do. Yeah. And so you mentioned, you asked, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you asked how, what was my claim to fame, I think. Was that, you asked something yeah, like that? Or that was, like, that yeah. was where the start of this question was basically. I right. Think. And I went on a big, long ramble. Um, That's all right. Circling back. Uh, so it was like topic six. It was sometime. Ooh, what level was it? I don't remember, but it might have been Tall Tall Mountain. So pretty late into the game, actually. Uh, oh yeah, I joined, and I started doing as many tasks as I could. And since I was, you know, like ten years old, actually less, like eight or nine, I, uh, you know, had trouble 
uh, doing them, but yeah. I, I did do them, and I was dedicated enough to rise through the ranks. I ended up getting to the top five, and there was like a, a final task, which was do one task from every level um, in a row. Jeez. And, yeah, and the person with the best time wins. And you can do any task, it's just do one per level. That was the best thing. I mean, it was horrible. I actually, it was very, <laughs> very difficult. And I spent weeks and I, you know, had trouble balancing it with classes and stuff like this because I guess by then I might have been in middle school where classes were starting to get more difficult. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was my claim to fame. As people started kind of knowing who I was, I had all this drama because I was a little kid and I got banned for some reason, but I don't know why, you know, <laughs> just some game FAQs mods got mad at me or something like that. This was a recurring theme for much of my earlier life. Um, but that was my claim to fame is that I played in the video quiz. Dang. So I do want to mention, you didn't just play in the video quizzes. You also ran a few of them, most notably the second one that I could yeah. find. So what on, what went on behind the scenes regarding that that people may not have known? Like, okay, it's pretty understandable. It's just, okay, you do the task, enter it. But what is involved in actually running one of those? Yeah, uh, it's difficult, I will tell you that. So what happened is I was coming off the high of getting, you know, fifth place in the Mario 64 video quiz. So it was a big deal. And everyone else, the other of the top four seemed kind of done with it. They've been doing it for, they had all been doing it for much longer than I had. So they were kind of tired. They were ready to move on, including Mr. Robert Z, who had, of course, been running this thing for five years. But I was new. I was shiny. I was ready to go. So I embarked on a mission. I asked Robert, like, how do you do this? Um, First of all, you have to write, like, the rules. And the rules are complicated, believe it or not. Because you have to define exactly how you're timing, exactly what the scoring system is, what all the acronyms mean, because otherwise you're going to get people commenting like, what does TTM mean? People kicking the wall instead of wall kicking. Right. You know, like people will basically when you do a video quiz and you do tasks, people are this probably doesn't happen with the task competition as much, but people will try to skirt the the meaning of the task. And sometimes that's good and it makes for an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's bad. And furthermore, people will cheat. People will uh, task and they'll make it look like it was recorded from a console. People will um, collaborate with each other when they're not supposed to. Things like that. So you have to be a rule enforcer. You have to understand when your rules were insufficient and should be modified. And it's, of course, the rote, uh, or sorry, the difficulty of you have to like time all of the individual tasks and this was back in 2011 there was no i didn't know programming or anything (laughs) there was no automation for this it was just you just literally have a stopwatch or or i was getting to the point where i was doing it frame by frame so i'd mark down what frame mario started on mark down what frame mario ended on um sorry my computer just went to sleep you would have to um do a whole lot of manual work also. So it was a big pain in the ass. And you'd have to come up with the tasks too. So you had to have to like sit down and really think of something that'd be interesting and fun. Yeah. I I would think like um, on the mental part, just coming up with a new task after you've come up with like so many of them. Ooh. That's it got exhausting after a while. I would try to do them in batches. Um, I would try to do them like five, 10 tasks at a time so they could relax for a few weeks and only, you know, do all the manual brainless work. Um, but you know, I, I got sloppy and I got, so in my personal life, I started in middle school, you know, it was started really getting pretty difficult. Like I I went through all these like high 
I don't want to sound like I'm bragging because I'm not, but it's like gifted stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, all this like difficult classes I had to do. And, you know, it was starting to get to me balancing all this. And so I started to get sloppy. I started accidentally repeating tasks. I started timing them incorrectly, missing submissions. And eventually I had to give the tasks, the video quiz away after not that long. I I think I only got to Hazy Maze Cave or something like that before I gave it away to a guy named Tem Monitor. Um, And I didn't really follow it afterwards because I was kind of sad that I was burnt out and I was sad that I wasn't able to carry this thing to its completion. Um, And there were more video quizzes after that. And... Uh, you know, I, I didn't really follow those either, but you know, I still felt connected to the community and I felt like I did my best to give something, even though maybe sometimes I was an asshole or sometimes I didn't do it. I, I dropped it or some dropped the ball or something like that. But well, you were in middle school, um, you know, you can't really, yeah, can't blame yourself. It's hard to fault me. Right. I suppose by the end I was in high school, but even still I was, you know, yeah, it was young. There's a big difference between like ninth grade and, you know, 12th. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. So, so that's the negative aspect. What is your favorite part in either participating in or hosting those? Or what was, I guess? Yeah. I love the creativity. I loved how creative people got with their submissions. Some people would um, just find the absolute most creative pathway through a level to complete a, t- a time task. Or for the non-time tasks, some people would do it just kind of in a flashy way. You know, if you do have to do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z, they throw a BLJ in the middle of it just to make it look cool. <laughs> um, and the fact that just it was just kind of cool to have people do the things I say. You know, I mean, it sounds kind of narcissistic, but like you write it down and someone does it. Like, hey, cool. Um, so it, it was just really nice. I felt kind of connected. Um, yeah. So that was, I would say, kind of the era two, era three kind of thing and that was just the video quiz part of it uh, you know and i did mario sunshine video quizzes too uh, i got kind of into that game and i was kind of considering thinking of a galaxy video quiz but that game sucks so anyway eh. <laughs> no, it doesn't suck it's bad in a video video quiz format though right it sucks for this yeah, yeah. I, I i shouldn't say it sucks yeah dang so now i want to keep going with this because i had some other questions but now i'm interested in your whole errors you're talking about so yeah you said that's the second and third, and we're up to like eight. So we got. Yeah, a couple... I wish I had written them down before doing this. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, you don't have to be like era four started at this date on this onwards. You know, we can just uh, freeball it. So right. How would you describe the next eras? So what happened after the video quizzes? Right. So actually, I, I should briefly mention that before the video quizzes, there was just kind of early exploration of Mario sixty four on the Game FAQs site. Um, there was kind of era zero, which was just, there was minimal internet presence and, you know, word of mouth era Mm -hmm. one being like early exploration. There were these, um, there were these topics called mysteries of SM 64. And there were just as many of them as there were video quiz topics. And people would just like comment interesting things about uh, Mario 64. And, uh, so that went on for quite a while. The video quiz kind of ushered us into era two where tasks really started to become big. Um, people were optimizing the 16 star tasks mm-hmm. around this time. Uh, people discovered the one and then zero star glitches, which were just, I mean, imagine how hype that was, right? Like we never yeah. ever thought that that would happen. Um, and yet someone discovered it. Um, so after this, there was more of an emphasis on tasks. I mean, the zero star task got more refined. Uh, the task, uh, competition started up, um, micro optimizations and stuff like that and then there was an msn 
there was a Skype uh, Skype group with all, all these people. Yeah, were you in the Skype group? I was I don't not. Recall. That was actually predated me. Right. So I would say era three, the big thing. Uh, and I'm making these numbers up. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be clear okay. to all the people listening. I'm going to get all the numbers wrong, and there might not be seven. There might be six. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, this one, there was an era where uh, people were on Skype. Everybody involved, all the major tassers and all the major just kind of explorers, were all in the same Skype chat, and we were just talking. You know, sometimes it was – the thing is that the TAS kind of – the RTA land and the TAS land and the exploration land. Mm-hmm. Exploration was foremost. Then TAS and RTA kind of split up and the exploration kind of died down because people discovered everything. Yeah. Um, and so it really just became about like micro-optimizations of TASs and, uh, and of RTA uh, records. Um, but all of that went on in the Skype chat. Uh, and it was fun. It was, it was a fun time. That was kind of the new home of the community was the Skype chat. Dang. So like how... So, like, what happened? Give me, like, an example of, like, how this Skype chat would work. Well, to be honest, a lot of it was kind of not safe for work. It, it was <laughs> it was a lot of swearing and a lot of infighting, and it was a classic internet community in that way. And this is where I started to phase out of my, my involvement a little bit, because, again, I was busy. Um, I wasn't interested in tasks, really. Um, like, I, I liked watching them, and I especially... An example of something that might happen in the chat, the Skype chat, was free runs. So people would write part of a free run, and the community free run would happen where a person picks up where that save state left off huh. and add their own flair to it. Uh, have you actually have you seen these? Uh, if you haven't, they're they're amazing. They're really cool. People would pass free runs back and forth, and you know people would do very surprising things and try to leave the next person in a compromised position that they'd have to get out of. <laughs> <laughs> i mean so yeah that was the kind of thing i've seen like uh big community free runs um which are more collaborative now less uh <laughs> trying to leave the other person in a bad spot but yeah, yeah those those still happen even to this day they're not obviously not as big as they are um back then right but those still even happen right so dang that that sounds like a fun era that sounds like an era perfect for like what high school age Everyone's getting older. Everyone's in high school now. Yeah. So I was always the youngest. Well, I say always. I mean, it's not true anymore. But back then I was (laughs) quite often the youngest. And people were a couple years older than me, you know, high school, early college. And they were getting pretty good at tassing. Um, Again, tass never interested me a whole lot. I was always more interested in the exploratory uh, parts of it. Yeah, glitch hunting. Glitch hunting and stuff like that. So I I would just kind of watch from the sidelines and, you know, just be impressed. I I would just be kind of impressed with how optimized these tasks were getting. Uh, And that's when Pan and Koic came in. So he, I would attribute him with the ushering in of, I guess I could call it era four, which is when exploration really came into, came into the uh, forefront of Mario 64 again. Um, Because he... Yeah, go ahead. I know the A button challenge existed before Panin, but yes, he kind of like made a takeoff in a whole nother way. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to have to get his opinion on how that all started, but my take on it is that, you know, so the A button challenge existed before, and I didn't mention this before. Uh, so there were A button challenge tasks in the video quiz occasionally, so it was like well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was the site called sm64.com, which still exists. Curtis Bright. It was Curtis Bright. And Curtis, by the way, now I've I've Google stalked him, and I think he's some sort of professor, which is crazy cool. Wow, that is really cool. really awesome. Um, but anyway, he he collected. He was kind of like the curator of of Mario sixty four glitches and and stats and stuff like that. 
Uh, yeah, including the A button challenge, right? Panencoic started in 2010. His username <laughs> is Panencoic2012, but you know he started in 2010. Yeah, no one ever got and that. And he started. I don't know why. No one ever understood why. Yeah. Uh, it, he might have been obsessed with that one. Remember the, the theory that 2012 yeah. disaster movies? Yeah, maybe he liked those. You're gonna have to ask him. But um, where was I? So I remember I was friends with. I, I say was, but I guess I still am. I just don't talk as much with uh, Sonic Packer, mm-hmm. and he was huge in Era Three. I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he he's was, still huge even kind of now, honestly. Sure. He was just cranking out. I mean, he was a big player in the Zero Star Tasses, and he was cranking out these free runs and ILs and all this stuff. Um, and he sent me, so we were just chatting. I think by now we might have been Facebook friends, or maybe we would just Skype sometimes. Um, he would send me he, send me videos that I might be interested in. One of them was Panacoic's, one of, one of Panacoic's earlier videos. Um, Panacoic had seven subscribers wow. and like four videos. And I actually have evidence that I was one of his first 10 subscribers. Um, Yeah. And his videos were getting 255 coins in as many courses as possible. And that had been known forever. You know, people knew how to do this for most of the levels for a long time. But he found out, one of them intrigued me that he found out how to do it at least most of the way in TikTok Clock. And no one had done this before. Like, I knew Bob-Oms were there, so you should be able to do cloning and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But no one had ever done it. And he was posting them. And then here's here's something kind of a funny side note of history. I accused him of cheating because <laughs> he I accused Fanacoic of cheating in his comments. And I think he took offense or something like that, as one should. Um, but the wow. reason I did this is because so his icon still is this two five five with all the coins facing yeah. the camera. And he didn't mention anywhere in any of his videos that he was doing this with Tass. Um, oh, OK. That makes sense. So I was like. How is he getting it so that all of the coins are released on the exact right frame yeah, facing the every right single time? So I was like, this guy's cheating. Like, cool. He's trying to be cool, like become famous. <laughs> um, when in reality, he just hadn't said that he was tasking. You know, back in the day, it was kind of a touchy subject. Like yeah. TAS and RTA, you know, it's a love-hate relationship between Especially them. Especially back then. Especially back then. And so when you put something out and you don't say which one it is and people assume it's one when it's actually the other, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he posted these and then he started getting into the A button challenge. He started getting into all the little nitty gritty details of Mario 64 and really dissecting it. And I think kind of the era came and went with the the art of cloning. He kind of put a new face on cloning, which had been known forever, but he really put it into the forefront of what's going on uh, in Mario 64 exploration. Huh. Yeah, because, I mean, you yourself even had a video about cloning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what if you go on it? my YouTube oh, channel. I had, my, I had it here, but I don't remember what it, what it is. I, I remember what it's called. Um, it's called bob Glitch in Super Mario 64. So I had made... <laughs> we're going all the way back to Era 2. Uh, all right. I had made my YouTube account. I asked my mom permission so that I could start submitting to the video quiz. And I was like, well, now that I have it, I can start. I can start just putting random stuff on here. Exactly. So it was a wonderful realization. And I made, I really love sharing these with friends. I would invite friends over and make them watch me. And, I, you know, obviously I'd pay them back by hanging out, actually. But I just wanted to show them these cool things I found in Mario 64 or, you know, had seen online. One of them being cloning. And back then it was called, I called it the placeholder bob glitch. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. 
And I don't know if everyone else called it that. I think people really were just calling it cloning. I don't know why I called it placeholder. I had a very, very vague sense of how how you know code and programming worked. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's kind of like a placeholder value or something like that. But um, yeah, I made this video, and of course, it's very cute because I was prepubescent and my voice is all high and stuff. Uh, um, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, Panon kind of put it back into the into the limelight and ushered in a new era of exploration of the game. Dang. And you were around you were around for this era too, right? Right. So I would say that this uh it's hard to say. I think I I kind of stopped paying attention to the Skype because it was really spammy. It, I don't even remember, but there was this MSN chat that would happen and I don't know whether that was after or before the Skype. Uh but I started kind of becoming a little bit more of a, wa- a lurker and a little bit less of a con- active contributor yeah and th- this to put us in on a timeline right 2010 to 2000 like 13 or 14 mm-hmm. um i was going through high school which was very difficult and and not not to say i didn't like it but just i, I had a lot of work all the time yeah um and yeah so i was just watching all these videos come out and kind of showing my friends i would still occasionally play mario 64 but not as much got into other games like sunshine and um yeah so i was around i was commenting but i wasn't really doing anything uh it wasn't until the facebook group chat came around that i kind of got back into things a little bit oh man so tell me about this facebook group chat Uh, i don't really know that much about it myself yeah, well, uh, there might be uh, a one Ted uh, fifty eight who was involved in this. Uh, <laughs> um, so the I don't remember. I truly don't remember how the Facebook group chat came around. I think that uh, Sonic Packer put it together, and it was just a working group for a potential uh, one key task. Uh, or at least that's what it became. I, I'm not sure if it was just optimizations of the 120 star run at first. Like, the, you know, we were working on mm-hmm. the, I say we, but it wasn't yeah, me because yeah. I don't task, but they were working on the 120 star run. And this guy, Tyler Caney, who was mentioned precariously in, um, you know, Pan and Coex newer videos mm-hmm. in 2014 and 15 uh, came in. And he was like, hey, uh, I think I have an idea on how we're going to do, we're going to get the moat door. We're going to open the moat door, even though it's underwater. And, and everyone was like, what? You know, everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's not possible. It's underwater. You can't open a door underwater. It's like obvious that you can't do that. And that's when an old, old glitch uh, that had been known for a long time, parallel universes, um, it had been known for a long time because if you just do a BLJ in an emulator, and just do it too much, mm-hmm. you'll go into a parallel universe. So that's yeah. been known about since like a billion years ago, like 2008, 2007. Yeah, basically since like um, BLJs almost. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, so he discovered basically that when you go to a PU and come back, uh, you have a frame where you're able to open the door uh, underwater. And the, actually the more interesting part that that came second the 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 first part that he discovered is that you're able to get into vanish cap under the moat um without the wing opening cap. the gate right which is like huh like yeah how does exactly. that make sense but if you string it together it's like perfectly serendipitous that you can do this you know the moat door is there and v cut is there yeah exactly. Uh, and right so this was kind of what was going on in the facebook group chat it was that and a button challenge was fairly underway. It was like, you know, raging. Uh, Pannon was killing A presses left and right alongside Tyler and all these other people. Um, and so that was 
I'm going to firmly pin this in 2015. Yep. Because I was in college and I was actually in, it was summer 2015 uh, was this group chat. And I would wake up every morning before an internship I had. I, I, so I'm a programmer and I had a, a programming internship. Um, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> uh, and I would wake up and the first thing I would do is I would go to this Facebook group chat and read everything that had happened in the past, you know, several hours while I was sleeping or in the night before. And it was just a dream because I was on in on this like insider. I felt like I was a fly on the wall kind of with all these or like a fly on the wall while the constitution's being written. Yeah, like exactly. people were You know what I mean? Yeah, I was there. Uh, it was cr- you were there, so it's just, it was crazy, man. It was really cool. It's it was like there was just there was so much stuff being done that you you knew Mario 64. You had years of experience with it. Like Yes. But and I had so I they were say- exactly zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were saying stuff and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I think right. the thing that really stands out to me the most is they put the physics inside a spreadsheet of the game just yeah. to be able to do um i don't even remember if it was vanish cap entry or remote door skip but they put the physics inside a spreadsheet to be able to do that and i was like wow right. i am yeah way outclassed here <laughs> i i i wasn't able to follow any of that at all i was just like this spreadsheet is insanity exactly i mean to to know how to do that i mean i i still don't really understand it and i know the source code of the game like it's crazy <laughs> to be able to do something like that but they did it you know and it was they very did. fun to watch and like i will say oh go ahead go no, ahead. sorry you, you you're being interviewed I, you go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say i was gonna brag if you go in the chat history and search one key i'm the one who came up with the name one key oh, they so didn't have you. a name for it before yeah i was doing it so you're the person that's like oh man now it's down to zero stars now it's down to one key right uh so i was always a huge fan of the uh task video description of the of each of the successive tasks i remember when they were being written you know like the 16 star tasks had this like funny quip where it was like at first there were 120 star or first First there were 70 70, stars because bowser demanded it uh then there were 31 stars because uh mips the bunny demanded it uh then there were 16 stars because whatever i don't even fucking remember what it is but <laughs> it was like that but then when zero star came out well one and zero star came out they yeah. were able to extend it further uh the, the 16 because mips is one because the the door or because of dire dire or something mm-hmm. uh zero because uh there's nothing you left don't to need do. it you don't Mario need it because zero <laughs> right uh but then i was like haha we can continue this and then there was one key two keys because uh bowser you know bowser in the dark world demanded it now there is one because mario's <laughs> impatient so i was just like ecstatic to be able to add on to that and i guess i was just the first one to realize that we could now <laughs> so i didn't really invent it i just brought it brought it up i mean you kind of did don't sell yourself yeah. short i'll take credit wow i can't believe quate made one key that's what we're going with right Yep, yep, go with that headline. <laughs> Quate made one key. Dang. So then, that was a crazy era. That was the Panenkoic one key era. That was crazy. Yeah. That was when I kind of started. Right. And I, I guess I don't know what number I'm on anymore, but it was somewhere was like four. One, four or five, maybe. Four might have been before Facebook, and five was the solid like Facebook one key era. Um, yeah. You know, but any anyhow, it doesn't really matter that much. And that's where we, that's where, yeah, that was what we talked about so next question you probably already know this uh question already what about (laughs) era six what happened right after facebook 
So as with the rest of this interview, it's very self-centered. Like this is my view. And you of know, course, if of it's course. not obvious, this is my view of how Mario 64 development went. But kind of era six started with uh, decomp. So back in oh, 2000, really? I guess I would say so. I, I guess this brings us kind of to if era six is decomp starting, then era seven is what we are now. Um, huh. But decomp is a big part. The the tasks, I guess two things. The Discord, the task Discord. Oh, man, I wonder um, who made that. Yeah, whoever made that, I would say that's actually kind of the beginning of era six or N plus one for whatever N was. Um, decomp beginning was, I don't know if parallel or a direct cause it was of a that or something like that. that. Okay, I was so I would say that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So task Discord is is the ushering in of the era, and decomp is a major uh, thing that started during this era. Um that's where all the really, truly nuts, insane uh, ABC innovations were invented. We're on this like ABC Discord, TAS ABC Discord, right? Yeah. Like you, you would know better because you were in it for quite a quite a while. I was longer than I was. I, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, actually, let me turn this around. Uh, when did you start that Discord, and and why did you start it, and who did you invite initially? Okay, so you're turning it back on me. Um, so this is a little mini mini story about the Discord. Um, in the Facebook group chat, uh, this person named NotchMath. Uh, this was back in yeah. era five. I don't remember the number, but whatever it was in the Facebook era. So there's a guy named NotchMath, and the Facebook group had kind of died down, and there wasn't really anything to replace it. It just kind of died after one key. So it was like, dang, yeah. this sucks. Where's my Mario? I like Mario. And he announced, hey, I made a Discord. You should join. And joined that. And this is around late 2016, I believe. Okay. Okay. Um, and I joined that. And uh, it wasn't ran very well. <laughs> I think he had a rule right. saying no cursing. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow, uh, this seems a bit oh, excessive. We're a bit older than that. Yeah, by exactly. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because this was, this isn't really the best thing for me to do, but I made a different Discord and said, hey, this one has cursing. And that's where it stands today. <laughs> nice. It's the cursing Discord. Exactly. The 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 rated R. Rated exactly. T. Rated T plus. Let's go with that. T plus. Um so that was so that that there was like kind of a smooth transition with a small lull between the Facebook group chat and the uh the Discord. Yeah, basically. Then, which blew up. Yeah, that's like the Discord really I blew up. I never expected to get half as big as it did. Right. <laughs> Let alone as big as it did. Yeah, right. Uh uh yeah, it was uh I remember I think that I remember there was some discussion in the group chat long after it had kind of died down and I was like I didn't really know what Discord was. I didn't want to have to like do one more, you know, make one more account, do one more thing. Yeah, you've already been on Discord so many wasn't of them. Right. I mean, imagine this. Uh, game FAQs and Skype and MSN, Facebook, now Discord. Like, come on. Like, it has to end at some point. <laughs> um, but it didn't because Discord became wildly popular and everyone uses it now for everything. Yeah. Um, so, and it's a very good format for this. I mean, channels uh, versus topics. It, to be fair, it is a little bit more difficult than a forum sometimes to follow the thread of the conversation. But it can also be good for rapid development of things like crazy ABC insights um and de decomp so uh a decomp was kind of a direct result of this where 
uh, I, I won't say any names because it, it does get a little dicey with yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, whether don't or not people want their contributions public. But there were people who, a couple inspired people who had been involved in previous uh, decompilation projects of different games who wanted to jumpstart uh, Mario 64 decompilation. And so you started the D- Discord in late 2016. Yeah. And in my personal life, I, I went to college in, I guess it was, well, I guess I, I suppose I had started in late 2014, but I was really in the thick of it by 2016. And I, I've said this like twice already, but college was like nothing else difficult. I mean, the, it was like I had sleepless days and nights, Ouch. sleepless weeks. It was, I went to Caltech, which is, uh, I, it doesn't oh, yeah. matter if That's... you've heard of it, but it's like a hard That's hard brutal, place. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was difficult. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time other than just watching occasional YouTube videos and being in awe of the things people had done. But by the end of my time in college, this was my senior year sometime in late 2017, early 2018, Mm -hmm. I had some more free time again, finally. And not only this, I had just been studying for three years to get a degree in computer science and math. So double major. I I double majored. So it was was even harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'll let you in on a secret in that CS is easy and math is hard. Uh, that's my opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, CS major. Don't Let's tell go. anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a nice major to do alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So anyway, I had that, and I finally had some free time, and I noticed the Discord. I, I you know I popped back in every once in a while, and I didn't know what Discord was, so I kind of gave it up. But I noticed Code Yukikis was a channel there, and I was like. That's interesting. I'm a code monkey. Let me see what's up with that. And uh, sure enough, it was the entryway to the decomp discord, which was a separate discord where people were working on this super secret project. Mm-hmm. I got in because I'm smart. And <laughs> um, I and because I love Mario 64. Yeah. And so I, I figured what what better bastion than Mario 64 as kind of like my something to go into. Like, exactly, obviously, yeah. I, I was getting a job and stuff like that. But like, it's a perfect like you know from whence i came circle of life kind yeah, of thing yeah exactly i'm going back to what i've always been interested in um so my passion for mario 64 really led me all the way back around you know now i actually have a way to contribute again cuz i was never good at tasking i tried it a few times and i was terrible and Same. i was <laughs> right it's hard it is very hard. <laughs> like how do you use that input plugin and and have to manage like 10 uh, save states and you know quarter frames it's, it's it's incredible but anyways it's very difficult um but yeah so i uh i was never very good at i mean i was actually pretty good at rta i i have the like determination to be just do things over and over and over again but this was a long time ago so i was good back in 2010 and you know i probably was on the you know top 10 list or something like that at some point but i never it was kind of a waste of time for me like you know it would hurt my thumb and i had other stuff to do so yeah couldn't keep up with that uh so i and the abc stuff got out of hand very quickly like if you weren't around and dedicated and have a bunch of free time then it's kind of hard to figure out how to make your way in there um so i was just watching from afar for a really long time but now with decomp i was like hey i actually have the skill set like i love assembly like i I was taking all these operating systems courses and i had loved assembly for a couple years and i finally have some time and i love mario 64 so what better way than to uh decompile the assembly into the c code that it came from and then i can look at like the skeleton of this thing i'd love for over over two decades you know yeah so that was that was kind of the the ushering in of the uh, the kind of current era, which is decomp nearing completion. I mean, 
you know, there's stuff I didn't talk about yet, but I yeah, mean, obviously as decomp went on, uh, it got closer and closer to complete and then it was complete and it was released and still kind of being documented and stuff like that. And of course I'm still active in that community. Um, but it was just really kind of cool that I was able to kind of uh, give back in that way because not only does decomp allow you to analyze the game you know more deeply for things like abc and tasses but it also allows you to create cool rom hacks and rom hacks are an aspect of the community i didn't even mention oh yeah there's they've been around so forever many now yeah it's gotten and they're so growing easy rapidly it's great it's gotten so easy you just need to like know basic programming and then bam you can make any game you want out of mario 64's engine speaking of that you yourself have actually developed a ROM hack uh, called Bingo 64. So yes. what is that? How does that work? This is a plug for Bingo 64. Wow. Uh, I hope what to a see plug. a Make sure to download it at this URL. Sickman's going to edit this in here. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, so Bingo 64. So I haven't actually worked on it for a f- almost, well, uh, I don't want to say almost a year, but I haven't worked on it re- much recently. in about a year recently because I've just been doing other stuff. But I, if it has an upsurge of downloads, I will heavily consider uh, reframing <laughs> my time. <laughs> um, Bingo 64 was just an idea that a friend and I, uh, an IRL friend and I had. We had, were just hanging out. Uh, I had just come off of a breakup. <laughs> shout out to breaking up. Yeah, big and... shout outs. Oh, what a time. <laughs> Gotta love it. Shout out to sadness. Yeah. Um, Ooh, let's go sadness. Uh, <laughs> so we were hanging out and we were like talking about decomp because he and I, you know, were uh, co- uh, we were both coworkers and classmates, and we were friends and also, and nerds, and we like games. So I showed him decomp, and he was like, "Wow, that's really cool." Uh, he started brainstorming ideas on things we could do with it, and yeah. one of the ones we settled on after getting some pizza was uh, bingo. You know, he's he was big into the like kind of GDQ scene of yeah. bingos and bingo yeah. races and stuff like that, and. So we decided, hey, what if we put Bingo inside of Mario 64? Like, what a good proof of concept. Like, uh, Decomp was half done or maybe two-thirds done or something like that. So there were still things that you couldn't quite modify. But um, what if you press L and you could see the Bingo board? You wouldn't have to keep a, a sheet or a website open yeah, while tap. you play you the game. You could do it offline. You could do it offline. Uh, you know, you could configure it so that it would be easy, medium, or hard. You could have... And here's the the real killer app is that if you are doing a bingo, do you really want to write down like how many coins you got in every single stage and then do quick yeah. math in your head? Do you want to um, count how many Goombas you killed? Like that would be hard. Definitely not. But the game can do that easily, right? Like the game yeah. can do that. No problem. So we were like, that's how, that's what bingo is going to be. Like bingo, you know, in the future is going to be the game keeping track of insanely complicated things for you. Like how many walls did you wall jump off of, or even more complicated things like do something in a certain amount of time. Um, yeah. And you'd never be able to do that in a regular bingo, like do something in like 30 seconds. How you'd have no idea. You'd have to look at your, you'd have to have a stopwatch or something like that. Like there are things that are very clearly impossible in regular bingo. So this was our, our getting idea and we hacked out kind of a solution over the next few weeks. Um, he, you know, he got busy and I got busy and we eventually dropped it a bit and I got back into it a bit and I dropped it a bit, but, uh, ultimately it's fun. Like it's, there's a few people shout out to uh, GTM and all these other people who really like still play to still play it sometimes. And, uh, it was cool to have people kind of know about decomp. It was the first major and, you know, Rando is amazing. Uh, but oh, yeah. Bingo was slightly before Rando, and uh, it was the first real decomp hack, I would say. 
that showed off. Showed um, off. You can really do anything with this, can't you? You could do anything. Um, so yeah, uh, shout out to Bingo. Go play it. It's fun. I'll go. I'll go write more <laughs> yeah. more objectives for it. <laughs> yes. Hey, stick. Edit a uh, edit Bingo in right here. The people are gonna mm. love it. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so you've done uh, more than just that in terms of decomp. You've also done um, a program that I've been that I've seen is a program called MIPS to C. So yep. before we even get into that, give me some background on decomp. Like, right. how does this work? What does decomp mean? I'm a, I assume I'm a person that has no idea about programming. Well, you as a listener of the Yukikipedia uh, podcast must have read uh, the Yukikipedia news article on decomp that released a few months ago. So make sure to check, I know out that you, make sure to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're they're actually uh, in a joke aside that that actually .net. is a pretty good it's article. Not .org. I'm an idiot. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> you don't know your own damn podcast name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. Stick edit that out. Uh, okay. edit, edit this out. Edit, edit it out. It out. Edit it out. It'll be okay. fine. So, uh, decomp. Yes. When when Nintendo ships cartridges out, um, there obviously is no on. It's obvious to say, but there's no online component. Uh, the yeah. whole game is given to you uh, in a ROM format. So you have everything from the little to the big about the game in your the palm of your hand if you're holding a cartridge. Everything's there. Um, the yeah. problem is that it's compressed. To fit it onto such a tiny cartridge, of course, you can't have the original you know, full-size code, the original full-size assets. You have to compress it somehow. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, when you compress code, you pass it through something called a compiler, which uh, tends to slim it down very drastically to a much smaller size than yeah. the original source code, of course. So when uh, Nintendo does this, so they give you kind of the key to the kingdom, but it's also kind of obscured. It's obfuscated. Yeah. It's hard to see kind of what's going on inside. Uh, decomp is the process of taking the assembly code, the minified version of the code base, and making it bigified and big in it. Um, again. Human readable human readable in the exact format that the original programmers would have written so this is something that people were doing manually for a long time there's assembly code which you can go and look up it's actually mips assembly which of course if you're familiar with mips the bunny and mario 64 um, 16 star speed runs 16 star speed runs especially mips the bunny is a big deal here and mips uh, contains or sorry mips uh, continues to be a big deal even today yeah uh it's just in a different format. So anyway, um, let's see. So it's the process of writing C code from assembly code. And people are doing this manually. And I was doing this manually. It was fun. Uh, but it was also like a lot of tedious work that I realized after some years of experience with programming and stuff. You could kind of automate this. Like it's basically tracing variables that go into registers so registers are are what the hardware kind of puts temporary variables into yeah and you know it can read from memory and it can write to memory and it's tracing kind of a lifeline of of each variable and you do this mostly in your head you might edit a text file or something like that to kind of keep track of where you are Mm -hmm. Uh, but it ended up being a really manual process and i was like you could automate this you could kind of do a lot of the substitution yourself, especially aided by the fact that Mario 64 is compiled without optimizations. It was compiled in debug mode. Um, Let's go, Nintendo. Yeah, good job, guys. <laughs> really shipping out a debug mode to uh, millions upon millions of people. Very good, very good. 
Great but job. it helped my, my job. And I wrote this thing called Mips to See in uh, a hazy, wonderful summer. Cave. Uh, it, yeah. It was, so I had just graduated. Uh, and so I kind of went hermit mode. You know, I, I slept for 12 hours a day, woke up at 4 p.m., going to bed at 4 a.m., um, you know, in my We've parents' all We've all been there, and it's, it was very relaxing after four years of grueling hard work. Oh, yeah. Um, Finally getting some time off. Yeah, absolutely. So I got some time off, and I spent it, of course, writing a decompiler, as one does. And it was fun. It was fun to just wake up and kind of work on this thing for a long time, drink some coffee, drink a beer, go to bed, do it again. And uh, it, 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 I ended up like getting it to the point where it worked pretty well. Like It, it definitely made things faster. And then I abandoned it for a while. And then this guy, uh, Simon Lindholm, uh, who you can see on the Mipsis. So you can, if you're putting links in the description, you could probably put Mipsis in there too, in case anyone's interested. Yeah, stick it, edit that in. Edit that in, please. Please, stick. He's, can he's you not edit that edit. in? He never edits anything in. It's going to be God great. damn it, stick. Come on. <laughs> Get your head in the game. Um, but yeah, Simon, Simon worked on it quite a bit. And uh, you can see his name in the the commits. And he made it really just a very fleshed out and, and really well thought out program. Um, and he added a lot of really cool features to it too, specifically for Dash02, which is the non-debug mode, the, the difficult mode, the hard mode of decomp- decompilation. And the actual then, way you're supposed to ship games mode. Yeah, the actual good job, Nintendo, you actually did it right this time yeah. mode. So yeah, uh, Mips to C is kind of a full fleshed out uh, script that converts MIPS, uh, MIPS assembly into uh, C code uh, rapidly. And it's being used by, uh, you know, Zelda, and it's being used by all sorts of other decompilation projects. And uh, I just feel kind of good that I've been able to finally, after all these years, you know, I mean, not to say I didn't get back in any way, but like, yeah, I took a lot from the community and I'm able to kind of lend my skills in a way that it hopefully is helping other people like when you're having a hard time some people like to play rom hacks and i hope that i kind of did my part in making more of those rom hacks available sooner um so that that's kind of how i view it dang well it's funny because you started out with mips 16 star speed runs yep. to your friends yep ended up from mips to mips, MIPS. <laughs> <laughs> from mips to from okay so we have mips to mips to see yep. is my life story <laughs> that's what i'll that's call my uh obituary is mips to mips to see now that should be your autobiography or That'd autobiography yeah my memoir mips to mips, <laughs> to mips to mips to mips to mips dang so yeah. that was that so what are you working on right now yeah right now so i i actually today uh as of the past few weeks i've been really working hard on mips to see for the first time in years so i've gotten back in contact with simon and he's you know lending me some knowledge of the parts of the code base he wrote and i'm improving the parts that i wrote not very well um but more (laughs) interestingly i now the decomp is done excuse me i uh i realized i wanted to start getting into rom hacks a little bit and i also wanted to put my math degree to good use i got Mm. this math degree and i ended up not using it because i'm a programmer um yeah so (laughs) so i'm like how am i gonna how am i gonna justify all that money so I realized there's this. Don't tell uh, me. You put a calculator into SM64. I sure did. You can ground pound on the buttons, and it outputs a. Actually, that's kind of a good wait, idea. Wait, Has anyone wait, done that? Wait, already did that. Oh damn it! Okay, well, <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to make going. it a scientific calculator. Oh god. Um, I'm going to put. I'm going to put decomp. I'm going to put MIPS to C in the game. Uh, you'll be able to decomp Mario 64 from within <laughs> Mario 64. Just like a computer terminal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would actually be kind of fun also um 
That would be really fun. That'd be Someone really fun. That. That'd, be really, that'd be really stupid, too. It'd be so we stupid. Put, we put Linux inside of Mario 64. <laughs> That's a great idea. Wow. Um, amazing. Uh, anyway, so where am I? Uh, right. So I'm working on a paper, actually. Uh, who knows when I'll ever finish it, because I did hear that when you tell people you're working on something, your motivation for it instantly uh, not evaporates to nothing. Right. So who knows if I'll ever finish it, but I'm working on a paper uh, about a mathematical property of Mario 64, and I'm not going to go into the details, but I can go into the high-level overview, kind of. Make it... Okay. I can do addition and subtraction pretty good. Yeah. But... Okay. <laughs> I bet if you can do multiplication, I can help you out here. Okay. Otherwise... I, I need to use my fingers, but I'm still pretty good. That's fine. Fingers okay. are okay. Cool. So uh, the, the result... Basically... There's a notion of how hard something is to compute. Um, it's called. There's a whole kind of field of math about it called computational complexity theory, mm-hmm. and it turns out that if you put things nicely enough, like if you put things in a very rigorous format, then you can rigorously say how hard something is or isn't. Uh, if you've heard of p equals n p, it's kind of it's related ah. to that. So the question of whether p equals np is the biggest open problem in computational complexity theory Uh, and you're going to solve it with sm64 right uh that's the plan (laughs) no yeah um instead i'm going to prove a result about how hard an arbitrary mario 64 level could be so you can say things like uh you could or you could ask questions like how hard is it to get a star uh if somebody hands you a level that was written in the Mario 64 engine using the same kind of objects that you would see in a Mario 64 level, using the same behaviors and using the same code base, uh, basic code base, mm-hmm. where the tunable parameter is like the layout of the level. Yeah. Um, so you can ask the question, like, how hard is that? Um, and it turns out the answer, uh, this becomes jargon, is P-space complete. Uh, Mario 64 is a P-space complete game, uh, which means it's very hard. Uh, technically, it... It could be technically um, in the same way that P equals NP is basically a question of are things that are easy really p- things that are hard? And most people think that no, P equals N- P does not equal NP because things that are easy really are not things that are hard. Um, but there's another open question, which is actually even uh, like P space is like P or NP, except it's even harder. Uh, it requires even more computational power, yet people still don't actually know whether it's equal to P, which is the easiest class. And so technically Mario 64 still could be easy. But um, people use the term computationally hard uh, for P-Space Complete because they really, really, truly, and to the deepest part of their hearts, usually believe that P-Space is not equal to P. Um, so Mario 64 is hard, and if you have trouble beating it or ROM hacks of it, uh, don't worry because you're mathematically justified. And feeling that way. I knew there was a reason I didn't have an 18 and 16 star. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> People are talking about 18s. I remember when 22 was the best. And uh, oh, I was man. I was happy with my 25. <laughs> Yo, you mentioned all the way back, like, you started. What time did you get when you brought your friends over to do a 16 star run? You know, it was kind of embarrassing because I think I died a couple times in Bowser in the Fire Sea. Oh, and no. I was using a really old route where... Uh, you only go to Bob on Battlefield, Womp's Fortress, and the slide. Uh, you don't go oh, to... Oh, wow. And you just get all the stars in them? Well, so you get, like, the first two... St- one, you actually get... So I think I remember the route was King Bob on the Summit, then oh, Chain wow. Chomp's Gate. 
Yeah. Uh, then you go to um, Womp's Fortress and get most of the stars there, but you don't get the coin ones. Um, and I don't think that you... I, I don't recall exactly. And then you get the slide either once or twice. And then you go to Bowser in the sky. I, I don't... Or Bowser in the Dark World, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the current route is. I imagine it's, um, you know, Chain Chomps Gate and then, like, a bunch of Womps Fortress. There's a couple Cool Cool Mountain, probably. Maybe. Um, like, that one uh, you can just jump down into. Wall Kicks will work. Yeah, Wall Kicks will work is pretty fast. But nowadays, yeah. they don't even go into Bob on Battlefield anymore. Nowadays, Right, they... they'll do the Lobby BLJ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Baba Battlefield's obsolete. Yeah, I mean, it takes too long to even get that like uh, bomb clip. So uh, it's crazy how time flies. And I remember the first time Lobby BLJ was discovered, I would practice that too. Um, and I never got very good at it, but it was always fun to kind of use the camera to kind of aim Mario to try mm -hmm. to. I've never actually. This is the biggest shame. I've never even completed a one star run because I've never been able to successfully do the. Oh, lobby, there's no or, shame in that. There's no shame in side not doing SBLJ. SBLJ Fair is enough. like awful. <laughs> well, you'd think somebody who's been around for so long should have uh, had at least one SBLJ under their belt, but uh, uh, I don't know. SBLJ maybe kind of bad. Yeah, kind of bad. I mean, maybe fan. if I read the decomp, you know, if I read the source code well enough, <laughs> maybe I'll find a trick to like a sock folder setup to get it perfect. Well, I mean, <laughs> very recently, funnily enough, uh, the, either the last person or the time before this, we had Super Devo 0001 on here. And yeah. he did find a way to get past that with a low ceiling BLJ and a setup for that. But Really? Can, oh, and yeah. underneath the, uh, the, the, the little, glass? Like, yeah, the glass thing. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's, it's just unit perfect, but it's doable. <laughs> oh, so it's not really RTA then. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a setup. Oh, there! Oh, there's an RTA setup. Got yeah, it. Yeah, wow, literally awesome. like sock folder. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. Okay, well, I'll go do that, and I'll finally get a. I'll live stream it. I'll finally get a one or zero. Can it do zero or just one? Uh, I would assume it just does. Well, I mean, technically, I guess it could do zero, but I, I don't think you're gonna get zero with it. Well, uh, well, one is fine. I'll get a one star yeah. run under my go belt. Go for one first. After go all these years. First. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So, that was that section. Yeah. Let's go on to the next section. How long have we been going for? About Over an hour. An hour? Yeah. We're, yeah. You were like, oh, man, this isn't going to have enough time. No, we're, we're, we're more than good. We're good. Um, so I want to go back to the community section because we talked about a lot of what was happening in the community. We talked about a lot of the eras, what was going on. But I want to know what about SM64 in the community has kept you in the game for so long, for over like half your life? Yeah. Um, I think it, so I, you know, I kind of divided everything into like TAS and RTA and exploration. And for me, it's just the curiosity of everyone involved and not to single out exploration or anything like that, because there's obviously a lot of curiosity involved in making an, an extra, um, optimized TAS or like finding setups for RTA or stuff like that. Um, yeah. but it's just the curiosity and the mutual love everyone has. I'm not a spiritual person, but it's like really cool to see everybody uh, unite around this game and the engine behind the game and just to be curious about it. Right. Um, it, it, no matter what drama there is or, or what uh, people say. Yeah. I still think Mario 64 is the best game ever made. And I think it's, it's just really cool to see all of the things people can do with enough time and, you know, with enough curiosity. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Like the community around SM64, there's not really a game kind of like it. No, there really isn't. I mean, there, there, you could draw similarities, right, between yeah. like Mario 64 or Zelda or any of this Super Mario World, right? But like the community of Mario 64, I mean, everyone thinks their community is the special one. So exactly, perhaps but we're not. But we're the only for me, right one, right? Right, we're the only ones who are right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's so so cool. There's so many facets of it. There are so many things that you can kind of look into from ABC to all the little other miscellaneous challenges that aren't quite as pure as ABC, but are still really cool to see tasses of. Um, yeah. There's so many little facets of the game, and it kind of it's like a it's like a macrocosm of the game itself because the game itself has so many facets. It's good in the sense that there's like so many movement options and all of the movement options just make sense. Yeah, um, except the breakdance. The breakdance is a little weird, but I like does it. does not make sense, but it's good. It's cute. <laughs> it's good. It's cute. Yeah. It's, it's Mario's cute option. <laughs> it's the, I just did something. <laughs> Let me breakdance two times. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> that's my, that's my Mario impression. That's my t- uh, patented Mario impression. Yahoo! Gotta love it. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was that. I, I gotta admit, I don't know if you know this. I'm also a pretty big fan of Super Mario 64. I yeah, know. Crazy, yeah. right? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just for me, it's just all the, the, there's so much ways you can do things that it is so fast. I honestly yeah. think if like, one of the things for me is just the glitches of SM64. There's so many like varied glitches. And they're, none right. of them are, like, game-breaking, like, if you mess this up, yes. you, like, die. Well, there are some, but they're, like, very obscure. Like, you're never yeah. really going to be like, dang, I just did a glitch wrong and, like, ruined my game or something. Right. Right. Yeah, I, 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 the glitches are far and away the best part of the game. I mean, you know, it's, it's wonderful the, like, I think the glitches are kind of a byproduct almost of how the movement options are given to you in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, the game gives you a lot of movement options because Miyamoto wanted you to have them and just play around with them and yeah. keep discovering new things. And the glitches are just because the game is a little bit complicated and they couldn't have possibly seen all of the little thing ways every little thing can interact in the game. Exactly. Um, the game without any glitches would still be fun, but the infinite replay value comes from combining everything in such a way that you usually get glitches, you know, like, Exactly. Doing all these weird little things. Like freezing time, separating Mario from his body, getting infinite yeah. speed, literally infinite, I, like the float value infinite speed. Right. I didn't even mention your channel here, but your channel was kind of like the... So if Panon's uh, channel was like the the first... Uh, like Okay, so it was the first time in a long time I had been like, holy shit, people are discovering new things about this game. Yeah. Your channel was the second. Because your channel huh. just had this treasure trove of interesting things I had never heard of in the game before. And, you know, I, by the time I was looking at your channel, which was like 2014 or something, I, yeah. I was like, how are people still discovering new things about this game? It's like a, an oil well that isn't drying up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even with Decomp, we're discovering new things about the game. Like, I, I feel like we're just going to be discovering new things about this game literally forever. Um, and if we don't, then we're still going to find ways to, uh, you know, make ways new to strategies. Have fun. Yeah. New strategies, ROM hacks. It's infinitely extensible. And that's, you can't say that about most games. Most games, like. You cannot. Most games is like, all right, you beat the game, you did all the content, you've messed around with some glitches, and then that's kind of it. The game right. kind of gets old, 
You know, SM64 the game is, is so, so varied, and there's so much you can do. Very with it. open. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a game that even comes close to coming close to the openness, the sandboxiness of Super Mario 64. Even sandbox games that are sandbox games are still they don't have the kind movement of, that SM64 has. Yeah, they don't have the movement. They don't have the like intricate strategy, and they're so sandboxed that like. There are no glitches because they knew you could try everything. So you're yeah. not going to find anything new or interesting about it. Or perhaps everything is new and interesting, so nothing is new and interesting. Exactly. It's the like, nugget of, wow, maybe I'm the first one to discover this. Or like, what is the reason behind this? Yeah, that's... Dang. So basically, subscribe to my YouTube is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually. Go back. I don't know if you've unlisted any of them oh, or have, anything like that. I haven't unlisted anything. Good. Go back and I would binge through them. I would grab a grab a beer or something like that and just have an autoplay of One Ted Fifty Nine on YouTube, um, to to just because I bet there are still things that you discovered on that channel that kind of like kind of flew under the radar I and think are, there still are still things some. that people never like looked into. You know, like people don't haven't known about this. They didn't know it worked. Yeah. Uh, now with Decomp, you can actually go there's no mysteries anymore kind of i mean there are still mysteries but like y- it's you really can. easy you have a really powerful flashlight to shine on them right exactly dang now i gotta look through my old videos that's that's what i'm gonna do tonight yeah nice. hell yeah narcissism it's fun <laughs> yeah let's go it's fun dang. and shout you know if you in status and artist narcissism you know it really yeah. gets me through the night you gotta i it. would say Check out my old videos, too. You can hear a really cute old voice uh, <laughs> talking about shit people have known for lo- a very long time. Uh, Bob, I'm glitch. Uh, I have a video on the uh, L is real, you know, that plaque. Oh, um, man. Yeah, the classic I have L a video where I, where I conjecture that uh, that plaque is Japanese letters, and no one had ever thought of this before. Huh. I was like, they, what if they just wrote Japanese and it was just kind of um, compressed? Like, yeah, and then I kind of—I don't think I had the video editing skills to go and, but I—I I did on MS Paint go and try to find out the Japanese letters that corresponded to it, and they did actually—it was so funny—it did kind of look like Hyrule H. Like I didn't know anything about Japanese, but I was like H I R U and L E were all huh. kind of like involved in Japanese. I mean, yeah, maybe not L E, but you know. And I was like, oh, it kind of looks like Hyrule, and then I noticed that it was a—it uh, was also in. Ocarina of Time. It was also a technical career of time, so I was like, I don't know, like Japanese. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. Anyway, so sixty four mystery solved after twenty years. <laughs> yeah, solved for good. Well, actually, I uploaded the video in two thousand nine, so you know it's been well, secretly yeah, but no solved one saw it for... until now. People are right now. It's going to get billions of views after this podcast. Of course, of it's going to go viral. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that was it. You know, I've I, no one. I've no one's ever been like I watched your YouTube. I've never heard of that before. That's a good feeling. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I've, I, I didn't even think about that until just now. I was like, you know, like I, I remembered you from the Facebook group chat, and I knew, of course, you were the admin of the Discord, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh yeah, I watched all of your videos when they were being <laughs> uploaded. You would upload like in batches of like twenty, and they ha- would have this uh, Android. It was like you were playing on an emulator. I did emulator. it on my phone, dude. I did it on a phone yeah. emulator. <laughs> I remember being so impressed because, so one thing about Mario 64's movement is that, okay, uh, here's, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion, I think Mario 64 has one of the best camera systems of any game ever. The camera looks at things you want it to look at Mm -hmm. almost always. There are some glitches and there are some annoying things, but more often than not, 
without even thinking about it, it's doing the right thing. And yeah. yet you can still change it in ways where it looks like in the off chance you need to. You mm-hmm. can still change it. I've never been like frustrated with the camera, but I've been frustrated with the camera in every game since then. Um, Odyssey has terrible camera, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. I like I don't even like takes... the Mario 64 mods that give you, you know, like eight degrees of, of like camera utility. Huh. I don't even like those because like they don't look at the things you want to be looking at in the levels. Ah, like fair, there's so yeah. much baked in shit in the game where it's like, look at the, I don't know. An example is like, look at the hole in hazy maze cave, like just look at it and you're going to navigate around it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I really like the camera system. And what I was getting with that is that playing that game on keyboard is totally fine. Like you can kind of get good at that. Yeah. It is a little bit weird if you want a particular angle. It's a little difficult. You kind of have to play with the camera a bit for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but keyboard is fine. And of course, the original N64 controller is totally fine too. But I, don't know about I was that like, <laughs> I like it. I actually like it more than Hori Minipad or GameCube controller. Well, for the, the joystick game. needs some work. But either way. Sorry, keep going. Either way, I actually like... Believe it or not, I, I like the joystick a lot. It, really? It, it, it feels, um, maybe it's just a nostalgia factor, but I, I think it has a, a particular feel to it that was designed properly for this. It's not mushy in any way if you have That's a nice true. controller. That's true. The problem it, uh, is having a nice controller. That's the issue. <laughs> right, right. I wish someone would make like retro N64 game uh, controllers that were um, I mean, like the originals. Sticks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so what I was saying is that with your videos, I was like, okay, I understand keyboard. I understand <laughs> controllers, but Android? How is he like, doing it on a touch screen? <laughs> <laughs> how did you do that? I don't know. I'm really good at it, too. Like, I've, wow. I've done 120 stars in the touch screen. I've got, like, I did it pretty okay. <laughs> I I think I've tried that a few times, and my thumb, my left thumb would always flip, flit off the screen, and I would, like, imbalance the screen and throw it, throw the phone or something. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep your thumb on the screen and like press a and b in the exact right position with no tactile feedback i don't oh, know yeah. it's i don't know i was i was great at it that was it's been yeah. years now now i'm just okay right yeah same with me with keyboard i was getting pretty good with key. i could do the key to skip with keyboard absolutely oh, no wow. problem yeah um sometimes even better than uh i i was better at, on keyboard than than controller for certain certain things which makes like sense in, in some way. Uh, key to skip, I think I was a bit better on keyboard. <laughs> um, ca- the cannon was always a big problem. I would try to avoid cannons as much as I could. Oh, yeah, I don't you know can if... aim precisely, yeah. Right. I would have to go and modify the sensitivity for that. Huh. Um, but other things like um, bomb clip. For me, bomb clip is the like quintessential keyboard thing for me because it's really? just like, yeah, uh, it's really easy on keyboard. And for me, it's rather difficult to get the exact right angles on uh on a controller oh you need to just do the setup it's pretty pretty nice and free yeah i guess i don't know the setup i'm still stuck in like 2013 or whatever <laughs> when I could That's true. for most things <laughs> oh man okay this is going on pretty long so i'm gonna yeah. move on to the next section as much as i want to keep talking about my youtube channel yeah um <laughs> so here let's go into some slight f- quick questions Sure. So these aren't Lightning the rapid round. fire. The rapid fire ones are still to come. So oh, okay. So medium, medium, medium length. Yeah. So okay. What was your favorite video quiz to do? What do you mean by like which like task? that you participated? Yeah. Which task? Um, I think that my favorite task, or at least the one that sticks out in my mind, besides the final task, which again was do yeah. one task per level, 
uh, which was insane. I mean, it was 30 minutes long and just a marathon, crazy. But uh, I think my favorite one was in Rainbow Ride. Um, there was one where it was get tricky triangles without um, hitting the button to make them triangles. And it's like, okay, like, that's not hard, right? Most people could probably do that. You do like a particular triple jump or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't a hard task. It was like one of the earlier ones, like task seven or six or something. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to spend all weekend trying this <laughs> by BLJing off of that elevator in. Wow. Uh, yeah. In uh, where uh, the amazing. Near the red uh, coins. Yeah. Near the red coins. Uh, so I, you go on the elevator, you jump off the elevator, you wait for it to come back up and you start BLJing BLJ. and you aim precisely at the tricky triangles uh, star and then you just ground pound onto it. And I managed to do that. We, if you know, stick edit that in, I can go, I can <laughs> even provide you the video. link because I'm still proud of that. Um, I love that task. So that's my favorite. Dang. Yeah. That's wow. I would have never even considered that. That's wow. It's a, uh, it's swag or whatever they said. Back it, then. That is swag. the definition of what that is. It's yeah. overkill swag just to be Hell cool. Yeah. Okay, on to the next one. So, what is your SM- favorite SM64 glitch, and why is it the placeholder, Baba? <laughs> um, it. I think. Pro- well, if maybe a cop out answer would would be like a motor skip or something like that. Yeah. Um, or perhaps even the like uh, Watch for Rolling Rocks point five ABC. That's a good one too. Uh, if you could even call that a glitch, because it's really just a wonderful strategy. Like, yeah strategy to get this done you know a collection of glitches but i think placeholder bomb really does hold a special place in my heart it's uh it's cool that you can peek into you really can peek into the game's internals yeah. just by doing this one glitch it's literally and it gives a use you after of, free right it's a use after free bug um or an equivalent thereof yeah yeah and it lets you peek into what the game is thinking about it's like it's like what's the what is the game dreaming about right now it's like looking into the game's dreaming it's it's almost like uh you get to see uh, behind the curtain yeah like this is a game it's just code it's not like you know it's not what it appears it's it's both illusion breaking and really interesting so uh, there's just something kind of i don't want i keep thinking of the word spiritual but that's not the right word but there's something like cool you know about about that glitch in particular so that one that's i mean that that's as good of an explanation as any of the other ones we've heard Dang. sure oh have you asked that one to other people oh, yeah. and they're that's, always that's like happened yeah. every time everyone and yeah. everyone has a different glitch it's great yeah yeah i think and i also do a different one somebody i was like why is it time stop somebody i was like why is it astral projection you know there's yeah, so right. many crazy glitches but uh, in this case i totally agreed with you yeah yeah i mean i like them all i like all the glitches I like all the glitches too. <laughs> Most of the glitches. I don't like the soft lock glitches. Um, those are a little annoying. Yeah, Actually, I like the one in my favorite soft lock. If we were to have a favorite, okay, is what's the your one favorite in? Lock? Yeah, it's uh, in the castle lobby, where you uh, yep dive into the. So you're on the kind of like second floor, about mm-hmm. to go into the uh, above. Where you're uh, on the go into the second door, like you go into the like left part t- towards Bowser in the Dark World. Yeah, yeah. You like dive into it, and you kind of. Oh, you know, you make that noise over and over again. <laughs> yeah. That, I like that one. That was a great noise. Can you make that noise again? Oh, I don't, that's not <laughs> even right. It's like a, a brawl. I don't know. <laughs> Please clip those. Please stick, edit that. Just make that a separate upload. Uh, thank you. Thank you, stick. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's a good soft lock. That's of all the soft locks, I think that's probably one of the better ones because it's so silly. Yeah, <laughs> and you can, in some levels, if you do the same one, you can pause exit out of it, which is which is useful because you can yeah. actually keep playing the game. <laughs> Dang, that's a good. I'm gonna steal that. I'm, what's your favorite soft lock? I'm stealing that question for the other ones. Okay, do that one for the next next ones. Dang, that's good. Okay, next one. What is your favorite task? My favorite task. Uh, that's I'd say a good other question. than one key because we've mentioned one key too much. Yeah, we have talked about that a lot. I would also say like one twenty star, like the most recent one twenty star is kind yeah. of the cop out. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to think about that. Um, and you know, I would another like kind of cop outy answer, but it's probably the truth is that original sixteen star task I saw in like 2005 when tasking was brand new. Yep. that one's like that one has a special place in my heart because I was just like, what the fuck it was like a <laughs> mind blower to my like seven-year-old self six-year-old or whatever um i there are free runs and they're deep deep into my favorites list on youtube oh yeah and i remember there are a couple that really i liked a lot and i just haven't watched in years and years so it would probably be one of those so i, I don't really uh, like the concrete answer is probably that ancient 16th star run but the true answer is probably some free run that i've completely forgotten about by now some random free run that you loved as a kid, but you just don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fair. There are some fantastic free runs. Like, Wonderful free runs. The free running ability of SM64, that's that's something I've never seen in any other game. Yep, yep. You can't do that in... I mean, I've seen free runs for Tony Hawk Pro Skater, weirdly enough, and those oh, uh, are pretty fun. Yeah. Well, um, that's also a game with, like, fantastic movement. Yeah, yeah. Another game with great physics and a kind of sandbox-like ability to do yeah. stuff. Um. But yeah, oh, oh, my favorite, uh, I, I guess maybe my favorite task is the uh, uh, the shout out to Simple Flip's Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, ROM ah. hack fake video task thing. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to was call that? that, but that video is so funny. I don't know who did that one. I Was it CSZ, I think? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but either way, that one is a fantastic one because you get to literally, them get, they're getting points for Mario 64 yeah. glitches. That one was was I loved that and all the little names they came up with like oh, yeah. you kick the sign five times and <laughs> said something like that message received or whatever that that was so funny. Oh man, dang! I haven't I haven't I was never even thinking of that one. Yeah, There's I wouldn't have so thought many of that good had ones. I mentioned Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, let's let's move on to the next question. Okay. Next question: Who is your favorite member of the old SM64 community? Yeah, uh, Mr. Robert Z, for sure. Like, he was nice and accommodating. He'd always make little funny remarks if I... I was a little kid, so I would, like, sing while I was, you know, doing the tasks. Um, He was just really nice. He was just really nice. Uh, And niceness wasn't necessarily a hallmark of the community back then, or even up until rather recently, if it even is now. Like, he was just a nice person. Uh, Curtis Bright, same kind of thing. I never actually personally talked to him, but yeah. his, like, in, like, the way that he went about the Mario 64 website mm-hmm. and the things he put on it were really inspirational. So, you know, those guys, those kind of guys, Dom Dunk, kind of, those guys oh, yeah, super were all really... Cool. Dom yeah, Dunk is yeah. still around, actually. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? He literally discovered 16-star. And yeah, I know. I mean, still... back in 2003 or four or whatever, and he's yeah. still kind of hanging around. That's, That's crazy cool. to me. Yeah. Okay, next one. What is your favorite era of the community? That's um, a hard one. 
That is a hard one because all of them are really special to me. I mean, I have maybe a top three, right? Like the game FAQs era, yeah. the decomp era, and the the Facebook group chat era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, f- so any of those and for different definitions of favorite are probably the answer. Um, you know, for a nostalgia factor and the fact that I was a little kid with a bunch of time and mm-hmm. just a, a heart full of Mario 64 love, it would be the game FAQs one. You know, the fact that I was a fly on the wall in a major, like, historical event would be why I loved the Facebook one. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I'm actually able to give back finally and, you know, use my skills for good. Mips to Mips uh, is why I like the current kind of decomp era. So I, I, I'm going to cop out and say all three. That's fair. I mean, it's hard to, it's like picking your favorite children, child. Yeah, exactly. There's... I can say which ones are my least favorite, but I can't tell you which <laughs> ones are my favorite. <laughs> That's true. Don't yeah. care much for Job. <laughs> I don't like Job. <laughs> Big shout out to Rest of Development. Yeah, great show. Great show. You should watch it after this. Um, uh, yeah. Stick, edit that in. Edit in the entirety of Arrested Development. Can you can you edit in Arrested <laughs> Development, please? Yes, please, Stick. Please. Just uh, deal with uh, Universal. Somebody. Fox. Yeah. Fox. Definitely Fox. Just pay him off. Pay yeah, him exactly. off. Anyways. <laughs> so, what do you think will happen? in the next era yeah the next era is going to be cool next era is going to be so you've you've probably seen you know simple flips all of his videos are are by the way simple flips if you're watching this shout out me up i will i will make you the best decomp rom hack you've ever seen uh if you reach out to me personally because i i'm a i'm a guy who's motivated by famous fame i want fame and fortune <laughs> he's a narcissist so hit me up i'm a narcissist yes, um aren't we all um so Ro- I think ROM hacks. So I think here's what I think. The next era is going to be from my perspective. It's always going to be from my perspective, but the next era is going to be full of like mind blowing ROM hacks and lots of them. Um, also bad ROM hacks, but just lots of <laughs> ROM hacks in general. Lots of ROM hacks. No one said they had to be good. They just had to exist. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a final push for uh, decomp uh, discoveries. So I think we're going to actually use the simulator we're going to use decomp and we're going to use all these forces to squeeze the last drops out of the mario 64 engine to discover everything we can and solve abc once and for all as in prove either of course that zero a presses in 120 is possible or prove that it isn't i think there will be a moment when we can pretty definitively say whether or not uh, certain abc stars are possible or not um we're gonna have uh zero key that's gonna happen because really? it'll be ace no i don't know i don't actually yeah, know uh... i don't think ace is possible but if it is that would be a wonderful bookend on uh on the task progression of mario 64 to have i think that like yeah that. i definitely it's funny i actually yeah. bet mr cheese uh 20 dollars that uh u.s time stop would not be found before ace oh so, wow interesting i'm really on that what if ace neither push. is found <laughs> if neither is found, I don't know him anything. But I'm really on that ace push. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like. I think ace. I mean, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I also, you know, it doesn't look too good. Like, it, yeah, the, we've looked at the code for so long. All that... the regular spots are just so close, but you just can't. Yeah. Like what but, was the one like, that was the closest? I think recently, spiny adoption. Yeah, spiny adoption is very close, but it, no cigar. It's uh, basically the thing is it writes to lots of 
memory based on an arbitrary changeable thing. So it's kind of like level two of changeability. You can change something that changes a pointer, but unfortunately it's a restricted range of things that you can change that pointer to. So you can't quite write to arbitrary code. You can only change it, change kind of random points of memory. It's but the they're downsides not random. of everything being like the same size instead of Ocarina yeah, of Time. Which is full of random objects of varying sizes, yeah. Yeah, so that has easy ace. <laughs> they can do whatever right. they want. Right. Dang. But yeah, I think next era is going to be a lot. Uh, the last drops of uh, amazing discoveries and uh, a lot of really cool ROM hacks. And, uh, you know, I mean, for we're going to end up there'll be less and less i mean the it, yeah it's kind of depressing but like you know it, it'll the hype will die down a little bit um, i mean but the it'll game be okay. is like what 23 years old now yeah yeah so as sad as it'll be for it to be finally have like everything figured out that we're not to that point yet and nope. i think it'll have definitely served its purpose i think so too if i think, think uh we've gotten so much enjoyment out of this game and there will be infinite enjoyment you know, especially in the era of ROM hacks and stuff like that. Yeah. That, um, you know, especially we if we find like a beta version or something like that, if that gets released, I mean, there'll be a, there's, it's not dead yet and it won't be dead for another long time. It That's just might be a little dormant. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it. All right. We have two more sections left. <laughs> Number okay. one, rapid fire. Give me your best answer to these. You can explain it a little bit if you think it's a good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's rapid fire, so. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Number one, favorite SM64 community meme. Guys, stop chatting and emote uh, emote suggestions. I like that one a lot. (laughs) Oh, the Discord meme. Stop chatting. The Discord meme. (laughs) Discord meme. That's pretty good. It's useful. Useful meme, too. It's useful. Here we go. Actually, wait. I take that back. It's okay. It's just okay. I don't know why I didn't say okay. I didn't think of it. It's a decomp okay. meme. Ah, uh, oh, decomp. Okay, yeah, there we go. That's a that's a meme. That's a better answer. That is, I don't know about better, but that is an answer. Okay. <laughs> See, you used <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I I heard that. Um. Okay. Uh. Next one. Not your favorite. Who was the coolest SM64 old school person? Uh, that would be Miles. Miles Buckram. Uh, he, he so I mean of course there was a bit of fall from grace I, it's kind of sad but he did submit a cheated you know 16 star world record but he was just cool man mile style like mm-hmm. uh, he had a lot of really cool videos I, I would say he was one of the coolest people around yeah even today I still sometimes can hear him he actually yeah. still makes videos did you know that yeah I look at uh, they're mostly like Mario Kart still right or does he no, do other like stuff now exercise videos Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He I remember the uh when he did the uh the underwear uh, uh lotioning myself. Uh, <laughs> stick edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> okay. Big shout yeah, out to I'm lotion. friends with him on Facebook too. He's pretty cool. He's oh, wow. you know, interesting guy. Very interesting guy. Um okay, next one. Which is the favorite of all the let's plays that you've done? Oh, I never completed any. Um Wow. Pikmin. Pikmin 2 got the furthest. I had a lot of fun zingers in there. Pikmin 2, definitely. There you go. Pikmin 2. Why is that? Um, I I just, I had a lot of fun recording it. I actually had some capture software that I could finally, it was my first real, real LP. The other ones were Uh done with fucking camera or (laughs) like recorded from 
recorded from my computer or something like that. Mm-hmm. My voice changed in the middle, which was kind of funny. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I recall it being pretty funny. Um, I, I should go back and watch it someday. But I, so I had this whole extra channel called Quait LPs. You could go look at yep. it still um, from still 2000. Up. I don't remember. It was my second channel. So it was like 2010 to 2012 or something like that. So I was in between middle and high school. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, I, I had a lot of fun making those, even though I never completed any of them, which was sad. I, I can never finish anything. It's kind of a thing in my life, but whatever. It is what it is. And it was pretty yeah. funny. I think people might actually even still like it, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one. On that topic, you mentioned in your famous video answering a few questions and things where you tried and failed <laughs> to do lobby backwards long jump that you yeah. were going to do a let's play of we love katamari yeah when do we expect to see that when is that coming out 2030 in 2030 it's been and i think i said it in the video i don't know why you're asking me such a stupid question but <laughs> in 2030 uh i am going to do a we love katamari uh let's play uh so stay tuned. Get ready. I'm st- I'm right. still in kind of the preparation. I'm still writing the script. Uh, of course. You know, I'm still the extended a- anchoring universe, out the details of, of the extended universe. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be part one of three. Uh, the second LP, I finally decided actually last year that the LP I'm going to do after that, which will be, again, part of the extended We Love mm-hmm. Katamari Let's Play universe, yes. is going to be uh, Katamari Forever. So mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned for that. I have not decided what part three will be yet. I don't know. Might want to do the original. It could be Katamari Damacy re-rolled as well. That's true. Updated? Updated. For modern era. Well, by then it'll be 10 years old. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. 2030. Alright. Now, we have some quotes. I did some deep dives <laughs> onto your accounts. Excellent. Well, you might have figured that because I mentioned an old video from like 2008. Yes. <laughs> But I looked over your old Twitter. Oh, no. Don't worry. They're not too bad. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well, I didn't. I wouldn't read a too bad one. Come on. Okay. First enough. one. Random. I hate the words possessive and cynical. The first made yes. me come fourth in school, uh, in school spelling bee. The yes. other made me come second in the class spelling bee. Yes. Can you spell possessive and cynical right now? I sure fucking can. P O. Two S's. Two S's, okay. E, two S's. Two S's again. I-V-E, possessive. Um, and So uh, what I got wrong is I think I put one S in one of those. I think oh, I no. did like P-O-S-E-S-S or something Ooh. like that. So sad. And I got f- I got fourth. I mean, that's pretty good. I still remember that. And I also remember when I got s- uh, cynical wrong. That was really sad because I cried in class. Oh, it was eighth no. grade. <laughs> and I know the girl I liked was in that class too. So that was oh, just no. such a nightmare. <laughs> Um, because I had prepared for like five weeks, you know, I wanted to be those kids who got on TV, who like oh, did, wow. did the smash national spelling bee stuff. So yes, I can spell cynical C Y N I C A L. Um, I don't know how I got that wrong. Actually, no, I, I don't, I think I got that wrong a long time ago. It was actually before the eighth grade one where I cried the answer. Oh yeah. yeah Cause that hadn't even fucking happened yet. I got wrong. <laughs> Haughty H A U G H T Y in eighth oh. grade. Um, so that that's another word I hate. Three three words I hate. Dang, that's yeah, that's a word. That's an actual word. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. I just spelled it H O T T I E. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. On to the last one of the rapid fire questions. 
Lists have no use to me. But if you want to join my Mario 64 players list, let me know so I can add you. Can you add me to your Mario 64 players list? Yep, just added you. Cool. You're on a list of one what? containing yourself. No one yeah, else. No one, ever asked, no one else asked you to add? That's so sad. Well, lists are of no use to me. Oh, that's um, true. So I, I, guess I, guess, kinda... I guess people didn't want it. Kind of played yourself. That's hilarious, there. though. <laughs> I don't. I, that's actually really funny because I don't have any idea what the context of lists have no use to me <laughs> is. I love lists. I love lists of things. So I don't know why I said that. Um, I must have had like a, a small fender bender with a list or something like that. Where like, I remember once in like I think it was like fourth grade, someone had a, a kill list. Oh no! Uh, of people they slightly disliked. Ah, um, one of those. One of those things, and they got in trouble for it. So maybe I was still <laughs> reacting to that all those years later. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you get that grudge against lists. Right. Dang. So that was the end of the rapid fire section. We only awesome. got one section left. I know. This has been a long one. We yeah. make it to the end. The last section are the ones that I'm contractually obligated to read the Patreon questions. Okay. So we have two from Macrofe. Okay. Um, number one. Should I put C and C++ on my resume? That's the entire question. That's a good question. Um, so I actually, you know, I went to Caltech and I work at company and you know stuff like that so i actually do know the answer to this you should probably only put those on your resume if someone were to kind of try to try to get you and they ask you you know an interview question and they force you to write it in c plus plus um i i I don't know you that well or at all really so I, i can't tell you whether or not you should put those on your resume but you should only put those on your resume if you're comfortable writing hello world at least maybe also something like fizzbuzz just a simple function in c and c plus plus so put them on your resume only if you can write fizzbuzz in those languages for example man fizzbuzz that's pretty hard you know it you know i mean we joke i mean it's it it, it actually does get a lot of people a lot of people get it wrong that's true and uh so it's it's not hard but um only do it if you know you can't get called out for it that's that's a very good piece of advice. Dang, I'm going to use that. I'm going to take those off my resume. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I've taken things off my resume. I, I mean, it's you know shorter. It's almost better sometimes with resumes. Yeah. Don't put it, people can see through the BS pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, I know. I definitely know uh, Rust. <laughs> right. Like, I would never put like Rust or I mean, I've written some Ruby and I wouldn't even put Ruby on my resume. You know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Here we go. On to the next one. This is one. This is a pretty popular one for Macrofay. Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. A one? To two? two. To three? <laughs> to three. <laughs> three? Final answer? Yep. Yep. Dang. That, there we go. That was, that was the question. Actually, I remember that commercial. Um, you've seen that commercial, oh, yeah, right? Of course. I'm not, of course. Um, yeah. I remember... Later at night, sometimes they would play the extended version. There's an extended uh, version? Yeah. So it turns out the little kid doesn't just go to the owl. First, he goes to the, the I don't even remember, the tortoise or something. And the tortoise takes forever. And he's like, I'll never finish this. I'm making this all up. But basically, he goes to different <laughs> animals. And it, it's like two minutes long. Oh, my and God. It's, it's really 
cool. Go look at this. Look at this. Stick because it's it like not in. just nostalgic. I, I hated this commercial because it would come on constantly. But I really <laughs> liked the secret extra like deleted scenes <laughs> that they would never air except late at night. Um, so, yeah. Dang. We got some Tootsie Roll history. Yeah, yeah. Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Roll history. If you haven't noticed, I have a little bit. I mean, you know, my memory is like above average. Like I remember things pretty well. Oh, I forgot. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to say that my memory is perfect because I mean, earlier I said things like I don't really remember the the Skype or the MSN that well. But like, I don't know, things like this. Yeah, stick in my mind for some I reason. I mean, <laughs> that's the point of advertisements. They're designed to stick into your mind. That's true. That's true. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Dang. Shout outs to Tootsie Pop. Make sure to sponsor yeah. you Kikipedia. Um Yeah. That'd be a good sponsor. It would be a good sponsor. Yeah. And it took me up too. Um yeah, Hell yeah. Those are good. <laughs> Those are tasty. Yeah, I'm tasty. not even getting paid for this. They're just tasty. Eat a Tootsie Pop today. Tootsie Pop. Kids. You love them. That's the new that's the that's new That's the new yep. uh catchphrase. That's the new catchphrase. Tootsie Pop, you love them. <laughs> You're not wrong. They're good. They're good. Okay, anyways, on to the, uh, some more questions. Uh, this, this is from Josh, Josh Duman. Oh, hi, Josh. Yeah, hi, Josh. Big fan. Um, is there anyone from the old groups that you miss from the community? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I miss Robert Z. Um, he, was, he was so nice. Um, I miss everyone who, wasn't around, who was around then, who isn't around now, you know? There was, I remember just randomly, I remember, like, Josiah is back, is a guy who would post sometimes, and um, he had some interesting insights sometimes, and he wasn't even, like, a major contributor or anything. He would just post, and it was nice to see his name around. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, Dom Dunk, I guess, is still around, apparently, but I don't Which see him around crazy. that much. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Bright, of course, obviously has, like, a real life and stuff now, mm-hmm. but, you know um all the major players um you know and there are some people who passed away too who i don't i don't say passed away there were some people who died um who were in the community i've never said passed away before so i don't know why that came out but it's kind of sad huh. like obviously like this community's been through a lot and uh yeah because it's been like yeah. two decades yeah 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 you know it's bound to happen mm-hmm. and uh so yeah there are definitely people i miss um but some people just move on to, you know, so, yeah. and for some people, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a nice community. So like in that way, I'm happy that they don't have to suffer through anything anymore. Um, but you know, for the most part, people were pretty cool and it yeah. was cool to see people's discoveries and stuff. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's There's a great ups and downs. to say it. Definitely. Yeah. Of course you're going to miss some old people. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically kind of already went over this one, but, uh, how did you feel about Miles splicing drama? yeah yeah that was really sad i was really really disappointed by that i remember the moment i remember the moment i read that uh i was in it was freshman year in college um that run had been pretty influential to me i mean i had i was already like high momentum i was already in the group you know the community so i wouldn't say that like he that particular run was any sort of special inspiration but it was i remember when it came out it was really hype and it's very sad to know that it was fake and Miles was dealing, he was obviously dealing with some personal issues and drama and stuff like that. So I'm not going to, I wouldn't go as far to say like he hurt anybody by doing this. Um, yeah. He didn't hurt me anyway. I can't speak for others, but um, it was disappointing. It was sad. Uh, but it's also looking back on it kind of interesting. It's like an interesting monument, you know, an interesting like event in the history of Mario yeah. 64. Like it's been um, long enough where we can look back at it now and actually like analyze it. 
analyze it, study it, yeah. uh, you know, think about it as a, as a moment in history, not like as a thing that upset people. Yeah. So, you know, he apologized, I think. I, I don't remember anymore. I don't really care that much. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it was it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Dang, because that was like right as I started joining the community. So I, right. I like joined and then I was like, oh, this guy cheated. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it mattered. You know, Miles um, doesn't discredit him. In my opinion, it doesn't discredit him at all. He want he wanted everything, and he had everything minus one. So he was like, I might as well get this too, even if he had to cheat for it. Mm-hmm. He had everything in the sense that he had this like wonderful array of videos that are unprecedented. I mean, even today, he had things that people had never seen before, just like yeah. your channel, except more. You know, like yeah, it's, he'd been around for like, longer. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a big deal. Hmm. There you go. And finally, the last question. Before Ooh. the other question. Um, yeah, but before all the other questions after yeah. it. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the overall progression of SM64? Were you shocked to see one key, watch Rolling Rocks, 120-star tasks, etc.? Yeah, I think all those were were really important moments. Like, I can kind of remember where I was when I first saw them. Um, how do I feel about it? I am glad the community is a little more inclusive and i'm glad i'm less of an asshole i used to be an asshole kind of i mean i was <laughs> a kid so you can't blame me but everyone's yeah, an asshole like, in middle school everyone everyone was in middle school and everyone was an asshole in middle school so it was kind of a toxic community and i'm glad it's less like that yeah um but in terms of like if you were to think of a timeline from 2000 you know or from 1996 until now there's been a pretty even spacing of like big deals and each yeah. of them for me as a historical event is really interesting so i would say communities come a long way and I'm glad it's been stayed interesting the whole time with small lulls. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's definitely, I would agree with everything you just said. Yeah. There we go. That was the last of the Patreon questions. I have one more awesome. question. Okay. And it's one for the, the cop out question. Anything you really want to talk about that I haven't mentioned? No, I think, I think, uh, well, okay, let me think about that for a second before I just say no. I do have to go to the restroom. So I th- oh. we are going to have to cut this off. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been almost two hours actually it's crazy yeah, it has been almost this is gonna be a long one long episode yeah um i just want to say thank you a sincere thank you and I, i'm not just saying that you know people say things like that pretty coyly sometimes but i, yeah, I yeah. legitimately and sincerely want to thank this community um all the people i did and didn't mention for being a part of it because this game has meant so much to me it's got me through a lot it's been kind of like a cosmic microwave background radiation of my life if not more important than that um you know from to from all the people contributing to TAS to all the people contributing to rta you know gdqs and people organizing things like this uh as well as all the exploring the people doing the exploring people who found one glitch and moved on people who found one glitch and used that as a claim to fame everyone has contributed to this game in some way uh be it big or small and you know, I just want to thank everybody for that. Um, despite any sort of drama or toxicity or anything like this, it's still just all about the game. Like, the game mm-hmm. matters most. And thank you to Nintendo, of course, for uh, for writing a game like this. Like, it's just fantastic. Thank you so <clears> much <throat> for to playing my game. Thank you so much for to playing my game. That's, uh, I always, I, 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 I don't know if I cried necessarily, but I definitely felt emotional when I, when I listened to that song, you know? I mean, it's, it's the best credit song. Like, 
it's it's a it's wonderful crazy. song. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just a just a thanks. I, you know, there are some people I didn't come up with a list of people to shout out. So I'll say like shout out to Bob Mario five one one. He was pretty cool. Uh, we still talk sometimes. And uh, oh, really? Sonic so- Packer and yeah, I mean all these people I ended up friending on Facebook. Like ah, yeah. Kai Man and uh, you know Pan and of course Tyler. Um, I don't I don't want to go on a laundry list of people to shout out. So I will keep it at that. But if I didn't mention you, it's not out of it's not out of spite or anything. It's just I didn't come up with a list of people to thank. So thank all the people. Thank. Well, there you go. I think that was a pretty good podcast. I had fun. I had a good time. Thank you. You're a good host. Thank you for being on here. This has been the Wikipedia podcast, episode uh, three? Three? Three, three. Four, three, 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 four. We've been hard. We've been iffy with numbers today. It's okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just like Eris. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've been your host, 1059 interviewing quate thank you and i'll see you guys next time peace out so long we did it i'm gonna stop recording